now what you have here is like um like i think in like in bigfoot mating season just like walking around with like a mai tai and like a hawaiian t-shirt mm. and like he's just like smacking his hog against like a ponderosa pine yeah and but it doesn't make like the thud sound it like mm. makes like a like like when you slap like a cool bass line it's like boom, <laughs> boom, boom. you yeah. know what i mean like because like that's how much funk <laughs> is in the soul of a bigfoot i mean i like that now i'm curious we're talking about big feet and heat Show me yours with Jackie and Johnny. I'm Jackie Agnew. I'm Johnny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much for watching and listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Not as many of you watched the last one, but it's okay. Well, You're just going <laughs> to fuck up the intro and then immediately go after our listeners as if it's their problem? As if it's their fault? <laughs> That, well, the, the, mean, the, the viewership has has significantly dropped in, 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 in one episode. They're making a choice. <laughs> no, yeah, no, a choice has been made, but I think that it's up to us to give them a reason. Okay. You know what I mean, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, like, we're going to work on the intro. Maybe do it again. Hey, I thought that was a fine intro. <laughs> All right, that's fine. <laughs> I take pride in my intros. And... Uh, this week, we're talking <laughs> about uh, an album that's nobody's favorite album. <laughs> should it be but <laughs> it's pretty bad it's not bad but um before we get to that we have much more important details to discuss what are we talking about uh multiple bigfoot sightings mm -hmm. was on a mountain in oklahoma yes ma'am yes ma'am um they're like the, the, the cool thing about a Bigfoot sighting where you're actually getting um like photographic evidence, right? Because like to me, Bigfoot has always been like an interdimensional species. Yes. Right? Like there's never any footage of Bigfoot like looking you dead in the eyes and then running away. Yes. Right? You're never going to have that. You it's never usually... get a straight shot. Exactly. Right? Because he's yeah. elusive. Right? And we'll yeah. get into all those theories, I think, in a little bit because yeah, like yeah, I've been yeah. really kind of expanding on like uh, what... Like I think could be like the only logical explanation for like the existence of Bigfoot and 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 what uh, they're doing here. Mm -hmm. But what we have are some of the best photographic evidence that I think we've had in a long time. Yes, incredibly exciting. Yeah. So basically, for those who don't follow this line of news, um, get on it. Yeah. First of all, reevaluate how you spend your time. Um, but you know, just to catch you up. Uh, basically, there were multiple Bigfoot sightings on a mountain called Turkey Mountain in Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they were there was a bunch reported on the official Facebook fan page for this mountain, and the local authorities said that they received many reports from travelers who said that they saw a Bigfoot-like creature at the location. Who calls the police and says, like, it was a Bigfoot-like creature? Well, like, I think they're I, trying to wanna... be... They don't want to jump the gun. They don't want to scare the citizens. You could uh, come off in looking and crazy Mountain. easy. Oh, yeah. I, think that, I thought that it was, like, um, more of, like, an internal fear of everybody, like, looking at you being like, this that person's could be, nuts. That could be true, too. It's you know? unfortunately why a yeah. lot of Bigfoot um, stories are kind of kept secret and stuff like that. A lot of people are afraid to, to come forward. To look, yeah, to look you know? a bit cray-cray. Uh, but basically... 
A direct quote from uh, the local police force is that over the weekend, we received dozens of calls and messages reporting a sighting at Turkey Mountain. While we investigate the matter, this seems like a good time for us to remind you that social distancing of six feet is required when at Turkey Mountain. We're dealing with one of the greatest sightings, um, the greatest photographic evidence of one of like the biggest phenomena. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Known to man. There's Bigfoot, um, you know, like species of Bigfoot that have been sighted dating back you know centuries on every different continent Mm -hmm. you know what i mean right and they're gonna fuck up that post by reminding you that you need to stay six feet away like i mean i understand and like Mm -hmm. i'm not here to you know to laugh in the face absolutely we should all stay six feet away yes but when we're talking about bigfoot let's get to the it seems weird to throw that in there we will circle back to this though it comes back it does okay cool uh but just so to paint the picture a bit uh i do like to to world build Mm -hmm. so turkey mountain is um more of a a hill than a mountain is what i've heard based on my uh shallow research that i did on the subject uh, it's on the west side of the Arkansas River in okay. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. The summit is 104 feet above the river. So it's not a big mountain. Like I said, it's more of a hill. That's Yeah, that's a glorified hill. Yeah. I mean, get, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Um, yeah, so it's a bit, you know, you think that Bigfoot would want to go to a more, um, a more rugged area. Typically... We find him and her, him or her. We had this discussion. Um, yeah, absolutely. There's, uh, it, there's, 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 there's many um, Bigfoot can all, identify by whatever gender. Yeah, all all Bigfoot genders have been spotted in sort of more um, remote uh, wooded areas. So it seems odd to me that Bigfoot would be in this area. Well, this are you small, just basic- uh, tourist hill? Mm-hmm. That where so many people could see him. Well, we need to get like um, I think we need a little bit more background on the actual like geographic location because if you're basing that off of just like elevation, because we don't know how dense, like um, how dense this forest is, and you know what I mean. There, there, there might be true. there might be a landscape here that might um, that might afford Bigfoot, um, a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities because I, I can can I get into the into the theory? Oh, please by all means. Basically, like what. I don't know if like I, I definitely didn't build this myself, but I've been, um, you know, kind of coming around to the idea of the fact that like, if, um, if Bigfoot is this interdimensional, um, being that can basically just kind of pop in and pop out, I honestly think that, um, he's kind of like a, like a doctor for the land, the earth that we live on. Okay. And the reason that Bigfoot isn't interested in making himself known or even like communicating, I think with. Um, with the human population is that he's here to, he or she, they are here to, um, you know, to really, to check out the landscape and, and really see what the fuck is going on on earth. Okay. Right. And we are basically like a cancerous, you know, um, virus that is taking over this earth. Right. Mm-hmm. So if anything, like we're like a, a detriment to the beautiful ball that he's here to, um, you know, to maybe either maintain or, yes. Um, just basically, uh, you know, maybe study like mycelial networks and stuff like that and see how the forest works because then it can, Bigfoot can go back to his planet, their mm-hmm. planet, you know, and, um, and, and start anew. 
Okay. Right. So I think that anything that human beings are doing are actually trying are actually kind of getting in the way of the Bigfoot mission. Okay. So I'm actually against a lot of like Bigfoot hunts, Bigfoot, hmm. um, well, Bigfoot yeah. excursions and stuff like that. T- t- yeah. and for anybody who's saying that you're hunting a Bigfoot, you're a fucking asshole. We will get into that too. That definitely does come up. But, but I'm sorry. I'm so, yeah. Sorry to go off on the on the long no, long no, walk, But I, it's something that I've been thinking about. And it's something that I that um that I'm very passionate about. Yeah, it's interesting. I. I've always thought of Bigfoot as an earthly being. I kind of put him into, I put Big Big Feet into the category of like a, a Loch Ness monster or like sure. an Oco, o, Ocopogo. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so I, but I do agree. I don't think it's right to search for Bigfoot because mm-hmm. they, they don't want to be found. Um, yeah, and you never really find what you're looking for. You know, like looking exactly. for Bigfoot is like looking for love. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Bigfoot is going to find you. When Do the time is right, the U two song "Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For" is about his Bono search for Bigfoot. I thought that that was very clear in the lyrics. So, like, yeah. I mean, that's something that I've put together. I mean, a long yeah. time ago, but I mean, it's also something that uh, you know what I mean when you when when you're in the Bigfoot community, mm-hmm. like when you're when when you, when you're dipping, you know, that big toe into the into the land you know, mm-hmm. that I've been immersed in for, for a yeah. long time. You know I mean? I see Bono, you know, two or three times a year at conventions and things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So absolutely. Um, it's unequivocally a song about Bigfoot. Um, mm-hmm. but also like, um, you know, longing for, you know, that, uh, the companionship that he once had. Right. So it's, right. I think it's almost like a, like a loss. Right. Right. So, yes. um, yes. yeah. Cause he has a lot of stories that I can't necessarily confirm. Mm-hmm. I actually think he's kind of a piece of shit. You know, he was really rude to me at, at Denny's one time, but other than that, um, it, it, it's it's a hit song, and and you know, yeah. and he, I'm and not I'm not going to sit here and disparage spreading the message of Bigfoot through a shitty band and terrible music. <laughs> yeah, just an opinion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not particular. I have seen U2 live in concert. I'm not really. Um, my mom loves U2, so I did grow up sort of listening to them. They're not a yeah. band that I listen to regularly now. My dad's been a couple times, and he says was, like live. He's he. I'm, I was I, gonna I, say I they put on a mistake. fucking great show. Black Eyed Peas opened for them. <laughs> Interesting choice by U2, but I respect it. Yeah, no, that's totally cool. <laughs> that's, the, that's the show that <laughs> that you could pay me money to go to, and I would still eh. <laughs> <It> <laughs> if, was if I had anything else going on. No, no. But and the bass um, keeps running, running. running, running. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the second time I saw Black Eyed Peas live. So Jackie goes to great shows. <laughs> yeah. Did Fergie pee your pants on stage? No, unfortunately either... oh, not. Man, see that's why you go. Yeah, exactly. I was a little bit disappointed. Bummer. But back to the story. Sorry. sorry. Um. So basically, what what happened? Uh, why this is a credible story that we're talking about is that there were multiple photos posted by multiple people of this bigfoot looking creature like yeah you can't there's no other explanation for what this is it's like an ape-like creature that walks on two legs and is always but he's like you can't see a full view of him he's sort of like shrouded by shrubbery in most of the photos that i saw anyways but um yeah one of my favorite stories from a guy that posted a photo said that he was walking his dogs and they started acting really weird and going fucking ape shit. Oh. And then he saw this this Bigfoot creature and he had posted a photo of it. But I do think, I mean, dogs, like they're sort of like a canary in the coal mine. Oh, for sure. They know when something's 
and oh, and to catch like a I whiff drop. of like another dimensional being mm-hmm. you know what i mean like that's not just like like some other dog pissed on a tree mm-hmm. kind of going crazy right like there's got to be something um like like a fish go crazy in a bowl when like um you know like when natural disasters are about to occur and stuff yeah. like that right yeah. totally the canary in the coal mine situation which you have um like here too is a lot of people are going to discredit these photos but like when you're seeing bigfoot you're staring you know a creature that you know for for I'll give it to you if you don't um, want to go down the rabbit hood, uh, ra- down the rabbit hole, and maybe like believe in some of these things. Mm-hmm. You're staring one in the face now, right? So everything that logic has, you know, brought you to this conclusion, right, that this is not real. But when you're looking at it in the face, and you know, so your your first instinct to pull your phone out, and maybe take a picture. That's you know, might be a reason why you know the then you get a vanish kind of mm-hmm. bigfoot moment there, right? And unfortunately, you're probably just really fucked up some very important research yeah. you know, that Bigfoot was conducting in the field. And I think that it's bullshit. I mean, clearly he had something important to do because, you know, he like he, Bigfoot would know that this is a tourist heavy site. So would probably steer clear For of sure, the trails but, uh, where yeah. people are often walking. Absolutely. So there was something important that had to be done. I think every time there's to. a Bigfoot sighting, then there should be like a, that area of the woods should be closed down probably for the better part of like maybe like a year and a half mm-hmm. so that all Bigfoot can get in there and like actually, you know, can conduct whatever research they have to without mm-hmm. um, like human interference. Because Jackie, can you get into this um, in the same state where yes. the sighting has happened? Yes. Now, like they've also brought in um, a bill that's going to be up for debate here about a Bigfoot hunting season? Yeah, controversial bill has been introduced in the state of Oklahoma. Fucking despicable Oklahoma. To um, have a Bigfoot hunting season. So if you're a hunter, you have your license, you can buy, what are they called, tags? You can buy the tags to go out and hunt Bigfoot. And he's even um, suggested that there will be a $25,000 reward for anyone that successfully hunts Bigfoot. And I think this is entirely the wrong message, but it is very human. We just want to capture something yeah. dead or alive, usually dead. Well, I mean... But how tragic would that be for all of these hundreds of years that Bigfoot has been in our the, the popular consciousness mm-hmm. all around the world, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just trying to have some sort of answer to all of these questions... And someone fucking kills him? Some despicable fucking cowboy from fucking yeah. Oklahoma, butt fuck nowhere, thinks mm-hmm. that it's okay for you to um, just recklessly endanger the lives of... We don't even know how many um, big feet are living. If the ones that are coming here are... Mm-hmm. Like, if they're just a, like a, a very scarce number of them doing whatever they can to, like, rebuild their homeland, I yeah. think it's so fucking reckless and despicable so that you too. could potentially um, completely... Uh, just decimate um, a species that doesn't want anything to do with us, has never done anything to harm us. No. Right? There's and never it's not been like a... no one's going to eat Bigfoot meat. Get the fuck out of here, right? It's not a market. It's going to be that. some asshole that stuffs it and puts it on his fucking exactly. wall, and I'm going to stuff that a guy full of dick hunter. and put him on my wall, I guess. I don't know. You don't have to fuck him, but like. That's like quite the display. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to get into that. It was just like. It, it was like he's like trying to, you know what I mean? Like force him, his fucking beliefs and shit. I was going to. Yeah. I was going to ram that dick of justice down his throat. And I, I realized yeah. now that's not the way to do it. 
but I get hot about this kind of shit, Jackie. I yeah yeah I I know. So, I mean, my God, I'm no, it's, it's okay. No, it's thank okay. you for bringing it to my attention, but like at the end of the day, I just think that um, it doesn't always have to be about shoving dicks in people's. No, orifices, but it's an egregious overuse of power, yes. and it's um, yes. and it's something that needs to be stopped without dicks with yeah, legislation. Yeah, dicks don't have to be brought into it, but they could be. I mean, we've talked about, I mean, I if would... If he turns out to be a really nice guy and, like, maybe we hit it off, then, like, dicks might be in the equation. But, yeah, like, he, yeah. he, there would have to, like, we would have to go on some crazy kind of, you know, journey, like a, like a buddy cop movie to get to the end where we're like, oh, you know what, like, that now we're actually yeah. cool. And I don't see that happening with anybody that could have this kind of thought. Yeah. The only, I mean, I do not support hunting Bigfoot. But if, say, a Bigfoot corpse was found... And we could study that for scientific purposes. Absolutely. That would be fantastic. Because as you know, and as our listeners and viewers know, I have a lot of questions about Bigfoot anatomy. And nobody is more curious about like in, in my in the field of Bigfoot research, you're the only person that is specifically keeps coming back to the Bigfoot dick. Now, Jackie, yeah. like do you have theories? I think I've gone over my well, Oh, sorry, maybe we have. I yeah, no, they haven't developed much. I am interested in the idea that it might be like a like it might retract, so we might not not see. Yeah, like a red rocket dog is. situation. Yeah, for that sure. that does uh, spike my interest. See, I disagree. Like, I think of like a Bigfoot is on like vacation. Okay, yeah. picture him with like aviator sunglasses, mm -hmm. tropical drink, Hawaiian T-shirt. Yeah. Right, obviously, like the quintessential Bigfoot, like mm -hmm. the image that you when you think of Bigfoot, that's what you see. Right. Yeah. So, um, like, I think that. If there's like a going to be like a hunting season to, for it to be set up like sustainably, then you need to know like the the mating habits and like the the season in which these mm -hmm. animals are in heat, which is why this fucking whole bill is so <laughs> asinine because like yeah. that's something that's I mean that, that we've been over before, right? Which is yeah. a secret like that that I think needs to be kept. But um, now what you have here is like um, like I think in like in Bigfoot mating season, just like walking around with like a mai tai and like a Hawaiian t-shirt. Mm. And, like, he's just, like, smacking his hog against, like, a ponderosa pine. Yeah. And But it doesn't make, like, the thud sound. It, like, mm -hmm. makes, like, a like like when you slap, like, a cool bass line. It's like, boom, <laughs> boom, boom. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, because, like, that's how much funk <laughs> is in the soul of a Bigfoot. I mean, I like that. Now I'm curious. We're talking about big feet and heat. Are the big... <laughs> Keep <going>. <laughs> <laughs> Are the big she's just free bleeding all over the, all over the countryside? Are we, are, do other animals have a similar menstrual cycle that like human women Dogs do? Dogs certainly do. Interesting. I hope that that's not the case, but then I do feel like, um, cause it's a lot of, it's a lot of hair down there and stuff mm -hmm. right there. So a lot of it, like it would definitely be matted, matted and uh, kind of like an unpleasant sight, but that's yeah. also saying, but like the, the hair of a Bigfoot is like flowing and luxurious, like of that yeah. of like a Johnny DeVito or something like that. I, I assume that the, <laughs> yeah. the texture and the quality is like the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Probably like. Like some kind of natural, like shampoo conditioning. How do they you know, bathe? Method. Do is it like a like cats do? Like they lick themselves clean, or do they use like the natural sources? Do Again, they always live close to bodies of water. Such a great question, but it's it's just purely up to speculation. Mm -hmm. You know, at this point, just because the creatures are so elusive, yeah. unfortunately. So, when I was researching this story, I I consulted. Uh, the Bigfoot subreddit, and they of course fantastic. they I had like, yeah, thoughts yeah. on this. Uh, 
these sightings. Yeah, One but, guy okay. said that he used to live about 30 miles south of this mountain, Turkey Mountain, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he said one day he was hiking with his ex and they were walking by the creek hunting mushrooms and berries and wild onions. And they went on this expedition and on their way. That sounds like a delightful dish. Sounds like a lovely day of foraging. Right. And on their way back, his ex started gesturing wildly, her eyes wide and not saying anything. And so he looks, sort of follows where she's gesturing to. And on the rocks next to the creek, there were four piles of wild onions arranged according to size and had all been washed. But there was no no person or no nothing around them. And it was completely quiet. Interesting. And so then they just like got freaked out and went home. And then he said that night they heard because they lived like in this area, like on the sort of mountain. Yeah. That night they heard like weird sounds. On the okay. mountain, and that they sort of have, they can justify. It's like, oh, maybe it was like an elk or something. Yeah. But they've never been able to explain these sorted onions that they found by the creek. You know, it would be cool if like the weird sounds that they heard at night was just like, um, like pots and pans and like a fire kind of clinking. And then in the morning, <laughs> they just had this like lovely like meal, and it just said, "Thanks for not taking it." Yeah. You know what I mean, right? Because <laughs> yeah, like Bigfoot yeah. is like, oh shit, he's probably hiding behind the tree, being like, "Fuck, man." Yeah, I'm just trying to fucking wash my onions. Yeah, I didn't know these guys were coming. Okay, just give yeah. him a minute, because like he's gonna like I think if he like he booted out, I don't know if he has to come back to the same. Like I don't know what like Bigfoot interdimensional like time travel rules are. Purely yeah. speculation at this point. So I don't know if you'd have to go back to like a spawn point, mm-hmm. like in a video game, and then have to like you know meander through the mountains to get to his spot so i mean you're mm-hmm. you're probably trying to hold down that location as long as you can okay. so like if anything so if they found like a salad at the door in the morning then like that would just be like a probably like a thank you gift from yeah. you know the most gracious and An generous offering. you know um crypto mm-hmm. um zoological creature in in the known universe yeah you know and so finally to sort of go full circle on this turkey mountain said that they're going to investigate these sightings while also reminding visitors to practice social distancing now upon further research it appears that this whole thing was an elaborate scheme organized by the mountain and the town to remind people of social distancing a guy came out in the Bigfoot costume holding the head, being like, it was me all along. And this, they cr- Oklahoma organized this whole go- thing to remind people to keep six feet apart. Are you fucking kidding I'm me? I'm 100% serious. I didn't tell you before because I, I wanted to Because you knew I wasn't going to read the article. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my but I God. But I just found this out like b- earlier today when I was looking at more about it. Oklahoma can go fuck themselves right? for a multiple multitude of reasons. When mm-hmm. I was younger, um, I'm maybe like I don't know fourth or fifth grade or something like that. One mm-hmm. of my best friends' name was Robin Cornelius. Right, mm-hmm. his mom met a man and like fucking she moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know what I mean? From Trail, British Columbia. Yeah, yeah, fucking of all places, went to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Took one of my best friends when I was a kid. Right, so I've been like right. fuck Oklahoma for like. I don't know, probably since like the early 2000s. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Um, uh, the musical is a piece of shit. They fucking um, <laughs> destroyed Black Wall Street. Like fucking absolute genocide, right? Like mm-hmm. Oklahoma's been on my shit list for fucking years. And yeah. now they're going to fuck with me like this? Right. 
Yeah, it's pretty upsetting. I am hot right now, Jackie. Yeah. You um the Oklahoma City Thunder can go fuck themselves. Mm -hmm. Um I don't know anything about Oklahoma. But everything else about them can go fuck themselves, right? They don't have like I mean, is Russell Westbrook still there? No, he's not even yeah, Yeah. fuck you guys. Nothing worthwhile. Not even Bigfoot. Not even Bigfoot. You're hunting Bigfoot, in fact. You're putting out tags to attract um, You've been you you've been leveraging Bigfoot to profit yourselves for a minute now. First the hunting, trying to sell these hunting tags for a like a good fun keepsake, just profiting off the idea of slaying and murdering in cold blood this beautifully elusive creature and now you are toying with this species and toying with the minds of all of us who want to believe and preach jackie (laughs) just what who the fuck needs to be reminded at this point to keep six feet apart when you're outside on a fucking mountain it's fucking despicable Mm -hmm. and the fact that they like that just so this just goes to show how shitty oklahoma is that they Mm -hmm. don't even give a shit they don't even have the faith in their citizens that Mm -hmm. they're not gonna fucking you know what i mean um keep themselves safe in the midst of a global pandemic and first and second of all if you're on a fucking mountain and you're walking around and you're being a dick about a fucking mass like get six feet further away from me and go fuck yourself yeah The, the oklahoma Right? I'm 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 blown away. Like I'm they've they've let me down before. Yeah. You know, um they'll let me down again. Oh, I'm sure. But this is just the the, the so biggest egregious. kick in the bag that I've ever had. And I mean I, I don't I don't know. The wind is completely out of my sails and disillusioned. I think that um, Yeah, I feel distraught. I wanna uh, if the border was open you. right now, I would fucking come down to Oklahoma and I'd give them the what for. Yeah. You yeah. <laughs> if you are listening right now, and you're in Oklahoma, either leave or fuck you and don't listen to our podcast. Sure. Because yeah, we'll, we'll say we're not right about now. that. We're we, not about your your lifestyle out there, whatever the fuck it is you do in Oklahoma. If you condone this kind of behavior, if that's yeah. what you do in Oklahoma is condone this kind of behavior, um, f- yeah, we don't need you as fans. Mm-hmm. We don't want you around. And like to be honest, if anybody in Oklahoma... Um, is just as outraged as we are, then please come out of the team, right? I don't, I don't, I don't know what the um, like the Oklahoma government. If that's if they're speaking for the whole people there, we might have just blanketed out an entire you know group of people but that might be as there. Well, they might be as outraged as as yeah. as we are. A lot of there's a lot of situations. Sometimes you just get stuck. You know what I mean? Sometimes that's, the car's I broken, mean, right? You're pregnant. You know, whatever, right? You got no shoes. I get it, yes, right? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Right? Yeah. You know, so we, we still have to have empathy for, for, for the regular fucking human beings out there, Jackie. But at the same time, it's going to be hard. I'm just upset. I know. I'm yeah. I'm bummed. Yeah. I'm bummed. Thanks for bringing it up like in this, you know, I don't, I don't know if people are going <laughs> to find this entertaining, but I'm fucking choked right now and I want to end the show. <laughs> well, before we end, let's go to the, let's move oh, on so to the Oh, so you just got me hot show. to talk about this record that <laughs> fucking sucks ass? Okay, it doesn't suck. <laughs> So, our record this week is Black and Blue by the Rolling Stones. Now, let me just preface this whole episode by saying this is not the best Rolling Stones record. It is not my favorite Rolling Stones record. That, the, in my opinion, well, my favorite and the best would be Exile on Main Street. We will do that album. But Shout out to my dad. I think he agrees. That's, he, he, he likes that one. No, it's a fucking fantastic album. But the reason we are doing this one, um, well, first I'll I'll give you some. I'll tell you about the album first. Break it down for us, Jack. Tell the people. So this is the thirteenth slash fifteenth 
Rolling Stones album. Oh, so 13, that makes sense. Like, fuck it. They don't even care anymore. Well, it's oh. like, like 13, uh, the 13th one released <laughs> in Britain, the 15th released in the States. Sure. So okay. it's a bit confusing. Okay. Okay. Uh, so it was released on April 23rd, 1976. So today is it April? 20- is the 45th anniversary? Did Isn't you that plan crazy? all of this out? No. Oh, cool. I found okay. this out last night, and I was like, "Oh, that's crazy." Sick. Okay, sorry, sorry. So, so 43rd? 45th. 45th. 45 oh, cool. years ago. Wow. This album was released. This was all meant to be. It's all it coming together. So I'm sorry. Okay, I got to come off the bigfoot. Can I just like breathe the bigfoot yeah, thing sorry, out? Sorry. Breathe just the a sigh of relief. Yeah. Okay. So okay, let's let's give it a fair shake. Let's okay. give it because I did not enjoy the record, but we'll give it a fair yes. shake. So. 45 years ago today, this album was released. So it has, obviously, Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, and then on drums, we have Charlie Watts, who is an OG member. On bass, we have Bill Wyman, who is an OG member. And the reason, really, why this album was created was because their second guitarist, Mick Taylor, quit the band, and they needed to audition new guitarists. And that is basically what this album is. This album, to me, starts off with like a groove where mm-hmm. you're going like, is this um, is this ska? Is this not ska? Right. Okay, that's weird. And then it goes into like one of the best Rolling Stones songs of all time. Yeah. And then it goes back to like, is this ska again? Because right. like Sandinista, like, like, so, and I don't want to speak out of turn here because like The Clash I love, but like I wasn't there mm-hmm. when they put Sandinista out. Or like even combat rock, you know what I mean? Like there's like rock. There, there's some, there's some questionable stuff in there that I think like uh, like the true believers, you know, will mm-hmm. will debate about. Yeah. But it's just not for me, you know. Like well, when I put yeah. it on, like and it was so not for me. And I love that band. Mm-hmm. That when I put this on, and it's like, and I'm a, I love ska. Like I fucking I first episode of <laughs> yeah. you know. So like uh, this was like. It's cultural appropriation. Like <laughs> well, you put it on, and like right as it started, I was like, "Oh, this isn't going to be what you think it is." <laughs> I could just see it, like the first like couple notes played, and then I was like, "Oh, oh, by the way, this is nothing like anything." Because yeah, further because for the record, I do dig the band. Like I'm, I'm not like super well versed in them, but like yeah. so, you know, my my dad loves them. If you go to like mm-hmm. any holiday dinner at my dad's house you're gonna listen to like the rolling stones and like rancid and like tropic you know what i mean mm-hmm. like all the stuff that like we've been to like a bunch of shows together so like now like uh, a lot of like awesome punk rock is like you know crept into it. and he's mm-hmm. he showed me social distortion when i was a kid too right, right. so he's always listened to like the kind of rock and roll that i like so the the stone stuff that's on his um playlist is more like um like like street fighting man and stuff like that because like right. like that's the kind of jam that i'm like this is a really cool band mm-hmm. so getting into this one i'm like yeah. i'm like okay so I'm, I'm i'm familiar enough with this band and then <laughs> and then it goes from that ska song into a fucking ballad like this yeah. album is so all over the place and just like I unsure know. of of its own identity this <laughs> 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 is fucking weird but so just to give um an idea of where this is in the rolling stones uh chronology the uh the album that came out before this in 1974 was it's only rock and roll the one before that was Goat's Head Soup in 1973. And then uh, before that, it was Exile on Main Street, Sticky Fingers, Let It Bleed, Beggar's Banquet. So they had all of these fucking like hit albums, huge like Would you Rolling say they Stones, were the biggest band in the fucking album. world at this point? 
did this like did this this had to be a kick in the bag or i didn't hear those so, other like what was it goat blood soup or whatever the fuck was goat's it? head soup goat's well, head soup? we'll talk more about that album too because that's significant but basically so from 1968 we get beggar's banquet so that has like sympathy for the devil oh that's a good one yeah and then uh 1969 let it bleed so give me shelter you can't always get you what you want that's probably the most iconic yeah absolutely okay then um 1971 sticky fingers another iconic do they have like a do they have like a 68 to 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 82 greatest hits because i bet it's a fucking banger of a probably yeah i mean all of these albums have hits on them um that's impressive yeah are they good records from the back in my opinion yeah i love all of these records after yeah 1972 exile on main street 1973 goats head soup this is where i mean i don't want to get too much into this because i come back to this later but 1973 with goats head soup i mean you get angie with that um with that record but most people will say and I would tend to agree that this is when they start to kind of decline. Jackie, you can say it. If Goose Soup sucks. No, I don't think it sucks. I don't. Um, but it's sort of when, I mean, you come from from Exile on Main Street to Goat's Head Soup. That's a... It's that's suck a, adjacent. I think um, there's, I, I don't know. I'm. You know, when I get into something, like I get like way too into it, right? So I've just been like listening yeah. to this. Not to not to promote anybody else's podcast or whatever on the on the thing, but on the road to the skeleton coast is by um, Brandon Kelly by the Lawrence Arms. He's discussing like being in a band and um, and having like a, a record come out that is that comes to like define your band. Nobody really gives a shit about anything that happens before. Like mm-hmm. your or sorry, like your your before catalog kind of um, becomes validated based on the, the strength of like you know what I mean this. Yeah. timeless classic record or whatever and yeah. then there's obviously expectation you know what i mean to put something better out yeah and like their attitude is like well like why do it if it's not like the best thing that we've ever done right and like that's right. why those records like continue to get great you know mm-hmm. what i mean or like not get great like um get better but um also different like confident enough to like try a little bit of a different thing but still make it great from like oh mm-hmm. to metropole to skeleton coast um this it's like all over but but mm-hmm. 15 fucking records later what do you what do you do i don't know i, yeah. I don't know enough about it to to disparage it yeah and so but it sounds like they're fucking phoning it in <laughs> well <laughs> so like i said this was recorded after mick taylor quit um he quit in 1974 and on this record most of the guitar is just done by keith richards and they do they had like a a lot of guitar players show up to audition but there's only three others other than keith richards who are credited on this album and that is wayne perkins harvey mandel and ronnie wood who would who would oh come count ronnie wood the vampire to... in the back of this <laughs> yeah. weird record and there's like four other guys in the band like that's fucking cool yeah he, hey you, you made it well there is uh i'll show you when it, when you open up the record they're they're on the other side of oh it oh my god yeah what a key yeah thing. right <laughs> for, for anybody this record just screams like um like the epitome of um he's asking like do you want to fuck <laughs> and he's mick jagger so at the time whoever he's Everyone's asking is like, probably saying yeah, yeah. Um, Keith Richards over here being like, "Hey Mick, you want to get some coke?" Yeah, he's like, "Where, where's the coke?" <laughs> yeah, where's the and cocaine? then him in the back is just like, 
I'm here now. I'm going to drink the blood out of both these men's penises (laughs) tonight. And then is he still the guitar player in the band? Yep. To this day, he is. Hey, uh, you know, he got the job. Yep. And what um, what song does he play on? um, Better be fucking Hand of Fate. (laughs) No, he does not play on Hand of Fate. Negrita? Um, Yes, he plays on Negrita. He plays on the last one, Crazy Mama, which is also, um, it sounds like a classic Rolling Stones song. By the end of that, of the record, you're like, oh, okay, like I see what they did here. Yeah. But track one. Three, four, five some, uh, is like what the fuck is going on here? To the point that by the end of it, like it's not cohesive. It's not like an album. Yeah. To so me. The, like I mean, obviously it, it is. But yeah. Like, well, but but it isn't. It doesn't have a overarching theme. It doesn't know the songs don't blend into each no. other. It's there's nothing really holding it together. And even Keith Richards himself, um, in like an interview, they were asking about this album. He was like, "Oh yeah, that album was used for rehearsing guitar players. So that's what that one was about." Like, that's all they have to say about it, because that's all it was. You know, it's like, fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, rehearse your guitar players in your own time. Yeah. But, like, but that being said, like, if I was, like, a purist, like, a, um, or, like, a true Rolling Stones fan, then I would be mm-hmm. psyched to have a release where they would have the fun and have the balls to put something out that might mm-hmm. alienate themselves or, like, have, like, casual fans be, yeah. like, be like, this record sucks. So, yes, yeah, I will give them the credit of having the balls to do it and, like, uh, you know, credit where it's due. Yeah, well, I don't know if it was the balls so much as, like, they were like, we're the Rolling Stones. We can do whatever we want. Well, that's balls. I but uh, like. That's confidence in, like, knowing what you've done before. But, like, it's so weird to... That to sort of, well, yeah, it's like, confidence that sort of eclipses the quality of the music, which is, again, something that I'll circle back to, okay. so I don't want to get too into it sure. now. But basically, this album... It mixes like their traditional rock and roll style with like reggae and funk and ska, and it's sort of it's sometimes all unsuccessfully, over the place. often <laughs> unsuccessfully, and it's all over the place. Fool to Cry was the only single that had any kind of success, um, and that single did go platinum, um, sure? which yeah, you know, beats me. Sometimes, yeah, <laughs> but most people found it forgettable. Um, the reason why I chose this album is because i think it's just so i've always found it such a weird but interesting departure from from anything they did before or after and i always just i don't know for whatever reason it always stuck with me that they chose to release this because they have there's some there's probably three solid songs or four solid songs on this album but any of these songs they could have held on to and released yeah. on later records. Absolutely. Yeah. It reminds me of like um, of a similar story in where the state of Oklahoma <laughs> had the opportunity to not do something shitty. Yeah. You know, right? Like they they looked at their hand that they were dealt and went, hmm, we can pull a Bigfoot card out from yeah. our ass. Completely you know kind of shock and awe everybody because like i'm i'm a little bit upset because like the photo evidence now like i look like a bit of like i'm so hopeful like i'm so Mm -hmm. want to believe that um you know that i didn't read the whole article because that's not what i do and i just Mm -hmm. kind of like examined the photos and i just got really excited right because like i know like i believe bigfoot to be true in my heart yeah you know what i mean right just like just like i'm sure like a rolling stones fan you know 25 years ago or 45 45 years ago Mm -hmm. you know believed in the rolling stones 
Do you know what I mean, right? So, like, much like the state of Oklahoma, you should keep that fucking thing in your pocket until, like, you want, until you, until you have, like, enough material to do something great. Yeah, it's it's just it's an interesting choice. It's fucking um, bullshit. But that all sorry, of I'm this so, I'm being so hot. said, like you, you fucking you fucked me up with that information, <laughs> and now like I'm shitting on one of the best bands in the world, <laughs> given not the greatest record. But I don't think that I'm giving this like a fair enough shake now. Like I feel like I'm just hot. This album, this it might not be great, but it might not even be very good. It is not Oklahoma. I'll cheers to that. I will cheers to that. Yeah. It is an egregious overreach and abuse of power. <laughs> but it is not Oklahoma. Okay. Okay. But um, and it does have probably my favorite Rolling Stone song, if not my favorite, definitely top two. Uh, which is Hand of Fate, which is the second song on the album. Fucking great song. I'll and it, it gets bur- it's a song that not a lot of people know about because it's buried inside this fucking flaming piece of shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will totally agree with you that like um hand of it has like uh it has like a really cool um I don't know, they almost get like gospely sometimes, like with you can't always get what you want and, and stuff a, like that. Yeah. That kind of like almost like reminds me like it gives me the same vibe of that, but still has like um like a cool rock and roll feel to that it, song. It has like, like a I purely will, rock sound it, to it. Yeah, and he's yeah. telling a story. It's a, a he's telling and a, a story one. about like a guy who's seeing a girl and her um, ex-husband comes to, wants her back and comes to kill him. But then that guy ends up shooting the ex-husband instead. And then he's on the run. It's so relatable, fucking, right? Like what just yeah, happened exactly, to everybody. Which is something that you we've know? all been through. Find me one guy that hasn't happened to and I will find you um, probably like a homosexual man that had to do that to like um, his partner's like husband or whatever, you know what I mean, right? Like yeah. we would have just been like, a, you know, the only thing that would have been different is gender, right? Because that's a yes. tale as old as time. Yes. Right? I've probably shot, you know, the husband of like at least, you know, three to five women just during COVID. Yeah, right? which is you like, shot my husband yesterday. You know, yeah, but I mean, I, we haven't I, talked about it. yet. I didn't shoot the like, deputy though. Yeah, and I think that like, um, <laughs> if that motherfucker like he had it coming, and I'm gonna shoot him in his other fucking kneecap if he keeps talking shit. But that's just like that's just some man shit, Jackie. Yeah, that's just toxic I, masculinity. I can't say I understand it, but it is a classic tale. It's it's what it is, right? Techniques dripping from my butt cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> Sleep on my stomach so I don't fuck up the sheets. Biggie Smalls. Um, but yeah, I, I love that song. I think it's a classic Rolling Stone song. It's a classic rock and roll song that the, the kind that I love that tells a story. And, you know, it has a fucking incredible guitar, incredible guitar solo at the end. This was the song when I first heard it. I don't know how old I would have been. Probably. I think I went through like my, you know, back when I was a kid when like getting into a band it's not like I, you could go on like spotify no of course and not. find it but like it was still like i was a teenager yeah, did you and, even have a record store like that was the thing no, was, like i Duncan had older people have... around and like you could kind of like um so like my so i'm sorry not to cut you up but like mm-hmm. my little brother had like um like slayer and like pantera and all mm-hmm. these things and like metallica and shit so i knew that i liked hard music but i knew that like these guys are assholes and like there's yeah. something but there was like um there was options and variety and there wasn't like you know like uh the internet kind of like dictating what was cool it was mm-hmm. like a free time where you could just like take your allowance and, and take a chance you know what i mean right. I guess, which which i mean which yeah. was a time that i think but it sucks for you I mean, so what like was your experience in, uh, well it, so in those days before like 
the internet came along listening like music like again it was really like my my parents music mostly my my dad's um because like he's such um like a such a music lover such a such an like audio a file audio, yeah he's yeah, got two inch tapes go, and shit in, the, yeah. in his like <laughs> very cool music room um but then also like i listened to a lot of my mom's music because i was always doing um so much he was always driving me around yeah. to wherever i need to be so we'd listen to her music in the car but other Were you than that, Lady Marmalade in the car, and then coming home to yes. like, uh, yeah, that's cool. Like coming home to Bob <laughs> but Dylan. But also, no, that's a, that's no, a cool mix. No, no, my mom wasn't big on Bob. Dylan. No, but like you come home to like where your dad's music room, and like you listen to that. That's sort of. That oh yeah, yeah. I see. No, my mom was big on Eminem. She fucking blast Eminem. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Shout funny? out to Julie. She's a friend yeah. of the show. <laughs> yeah. A fan. Uh, Tuesday. One, yeah. Monday. Yeah. My mom is definitely where I got like my love for hip hop. Whereas like my dad is where I got my love for rock and roll, which is so funny because you see my mom and you don't expect her to be like into into hip hop. But I guess I would think you probably see the same thing bit. about me. Did she get you into like? Like hip hop, or did she get you into Eminem? Like, is your mom she, listening to like, like Run DMC? And like, okay, no, okay, no, okay. No. Um, but that would anyways. be cool. Like, if your mom has just like a like <laughs> a wild collection of like not even like records, just like like Def Jam singles and shit like that. Like, she's got mm -hmm. like you know like like LL Cool J and Queen Latifah and stuff. No, like, that would be fucking Queen Latifah. Rad. Yes, but like we, Queen she Latifah likes it. Dope. Um, she's not like deep into hip hop, but it's funny. I mean, both me and my little brother Kelly are are really into hip hop. And I think it, yeah, I think it just sort of came from fucking listening to Eminem so much in the car. I mean, like, it was I, on Yeah, but you're so, constantly. like, adorable and, like, and, like innocent and shit like that that you're sitting there like, I never meant to give yeah. you mushrooms, girl. And it was girl. also, also our, our family friend, Martin. Shout out to Martin. You're probably not listening, but... Oh, our, hot Martin? What's <laughs> up, Martin? <laughs> but uh, our, you know, our closest family friend, and yeah. he is a big hip-hop fan. Cool. Um, anyways, so what was I even fucking talking? Oh, right. So other than that, as a kid, I mean, music, we would go to like Victoria to the mall sometimes and I would go to H&M and find some CDs. I remember coming here when there was the big Virgin Records store that I think later became, became an HMV. Yeah, it's where the like big fucking where Victoria's Secret yeah, is. Yeah, yeah I remember that yeah. store specifically and yeah. spending hours in here whenever we came to Vancouver. Oh, I got a cool story about that one too. Like I love that place. <laughs> but um, in terms of like me finding the Rolling Stones, it was when I was in high school, and basically how I would find music then, or how I would get into bands, um. Because there was no Spotify. There yeah. was like iTunes, but I wasn't about to fucking pay for every album yeah, at that me. point. And so I, I would... Was like, I was already buying music and shit. So like as soon as like I couldn't put the music on my phone or that'd be, there was like mm -hmm. a few years, uh, years there where it was like kind of hard and they just wanted you to buy. Like, fuck you. I've already bought this. I love a physical copy because yeah, like, I own it on my vinyl because, and I own it on CD. Right yeah, too, but right? again, because fuck I what didn't live in Duncan, we don't have... Uh, a store to so buy you, oh, music fuck, at so yeah, because i didn't fuck. have that um, and then bono and his bigfoot bullshit comes in there and puts the fucking album on your phone for free like fuck yeah, you right? this is like oh. fuck, there's so many reasons like Man, fuck that guy funniest fucking story about that when you two put their album on on everyone's phones you couldn't delete it yeah but the funny thing is that everyone was fucking pissed off about it except um first of all my mom thought it was the greatest thing ever she thought it was so cool and then my friend madison who's definitely 
listening maddie i love you yeah and um check out her treehouse isu treehouse on instagram we're gonna be there in June, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna pod a, from that we place. Should. We're definitely we gonna do, do an crossover, so cross cool. promote. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Maddie, we'll put a link in the she, description. Yeah, uh, I I love you to death, Maddie. But you know this: you're not uh, technologically minded. And so when um, Maddie, a direct quote from her one time, she was asking me something how to do something on her computer, and I said, "Oh, just Google it." And she goes, "Oh, I always forget about Google." This was like three years ago. <laughs> that is fucking cool, though, because like she can look into the void, like where all of like the knowledge of human history is at your fingertips and not know how to access it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I think there's something punk rock about just like wanting to wonder. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like I, I everybody has the answers. Maddie yeah. doesn't fucking need the answers. But, uh, but, you know, if she does need the answers, she will still struggle to find them, which is cool. Yeah. But to bring it back That's to the right. to the point, I remember one time when we were whenever this I think I was uh, I would have been like 20, 21 when that happened, when you two forced their album on everyone. <laughs> and I remember one night we were we were getting ready to go out or something like that. And Maddie had her phone playing just on shuffle. And all of a sudden, this obscure, like, new U2 song comes on that's clearly from the album. And Maddie starts, like, jamming along to it. And so we're like, what the fuck? How do you know this song? And she's like, well, I couldn't get it off my phone. So now I just know the album. And you know what? Pretty you good album. You fucking listened to it? <laughs> she is. Because she couldn't figure out how to get it off her phone. Because there was a way to eventually. And so that Maddie, instead of being pissed off, this album was on her phone. She was like, you know what? I'm just going to get into this album. I don't know anybody that listened <laughs> to it. Everybody that I knew is like so <laughs> upset with the fact that, first of all, like you're just going to think that you're hot shit enough to like everybody's going to want this. So you give it to And then... Second, not give me the option to delete it off yeah. my phone. I fucking, if I had half a better mind, I would have fucking stomped on the iPod and fucked with it, like, said no to Apple forever. But, I know, like, I mean, so. I only talk a big game and I'm a fucking, you know, I'm a sheep and to, and, and actually I kind of like the operating system and it's, uh, it's easy for me to use because yeah. I'm a fucking moron, so... But uh, I, but I, uh, don't you love that though? Is that no, I instead fucking hate of, that. I mean, I but, like, in, but instead of getting pissed off about it because she couldn't figure out how to delete it, she just embraced it and just got into the album. No, and fuck came that. Around. I, I don't know. I've lost so many years off of my life just for like being strongly opinionated or something or like having having a strong opinion based on something. Mm -hmm. I've probably wasted a lot of energy and like probably have like even like affected my heart mm -hmm. because like how deeply shit affects me mm -hmm. and there's no fucking way i would change that for the world I'm not saying so i could I'm, casually listen to a youtube record i'm not saying i would do it i'm just saying i i love i love that you did it maybe. idealistically yeah. that i do i do like the, the, the whimsy and the idea that's just, just like so i could funny take in go, the moment but that she, that also she just, she just knew the lyrics it just seems dangerous Anyways. you know what i mean if you <laughs> yeah. if you if, if yeah if you stand for nothing you'll fall for anything yeah but anyways, <laughs> let's move on so i'm sorry um, maddie i'm just like, <laughs> but, come on. but anyway so like uh like i've been saying this album was a huge departure from their earlier work and not really like anything that this band that rolling stones did before or after and so it's sort of like this weird like capsule of this like transitory phase in their in their band and we see this a lot in music um with bands who kind of like do a new thing for a while 
um they just get you know they've been around for a while and they sort of just get bored and curious and try experimenting with different musical styles yeah and they go through these weird waves and like phases like where they're in progression and stuff, well it's interesting because yeah. you're going further away from what you were to to then eventually like um come back and find a more truer version of what you are so you can if test that's the out case, all of the then things definitely like i mean when it, i think when it's done successfully then like the um everything that you've done will kind of like be all encompassing yes in, like um it'll shine through i think on the on the on the, on the newer stuff it's great but mm -hmm. a lot of times um for better or worse uh that progression of the band will go and it will like leave kind of like the those like original like day one people mm -hmm. feeling like a little bit alienated being like we really enjoy like this kind of music and stuff so like when you make right. that departure sometimes like i'm on this boat like it sucks for like the menzingers right i like that band a lot mm -hmm. but um a lesson in the abuse of information technology is like a hard-hitting you know very thoughtful lyrics and all that stuff right so like when that happens um and you find that band and you see them live open for the bouncing souls and you're like this is the next band in punk rock that like this is like and like right up my alley mm -hmm. and then as they grow they become a great band right. like fantastic songwriters and, and and a lot of a lot of really good stuff like you know comes to them with like mm -hmm. better touring and more fans and you know what i mean like a wider reach and shit like that but like you know as it gets to like on the impossible past and rented world and um stuff like i'm going like oh like i just i i can't hold on to it as much even though there's still great stuff on there right then you can just kind of feel like uh you know like the that uh like you're on the ice you know yeah and, uh, but you're pushing yourself out on the ice. i feel like i'm just like alienating myself by just yeah. like not getting into it but but i think it's a natural thing to as you progress you try out new things some things you hold on to other things you throw away and you sure. change but you're growing and so i think in the same way every person goes through this and we all sort of have like phases in our life as kids where we go through these weird transitional moments or just you know you're going through a phase oh yeah or whatever when you're just trying to find an identity because as a kid you don't really you don't know who you are because you're not fully developed oh, as a person true. so yeah. you're just trying to find something to identify yourself with and so what is uh we're, we're gonna keep it to one for the sake of time but what is a like what is a interesting or just funny phase that you went through as a kid? Well, I was born a woman. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shut um, No, uh, an interesting phase, I think, for me was that, like, I really, like, when I get into something, I latch on so hard and, like, I cling to it, especially mm -hmm. with art, music, definitely, um, for whatever reason, like, I think if you're just, like, isolated, you know, and then, like, beyond the isolation, you're also, like, alienated, too, because, like, you like the weird kind of music, and you, like, you dye your hair green, and, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Your older brother's friends are going to call you a faggot and beat you up or whatever, like, mm -hmm. all the time. So, like, once you, like, you get past, like, okay, this is my life now, then, like, I'm okay with, like, trying some, um, you know, some, like, different things. Um, th but then all my friends just stopped listening to punk rock, and I'm, like, the only kid. Like, so, I'm, like, now even, like, the few kids that I had, mm -hmm. um, like, on board with, uh, with what was going on musically just kind of left and then i was just like oh shit I either like have to like catch up or at least learn the the words to what my friends were listening to right and it went from like a hard shift from like you know like 
13, 14 years old, like punk rock, like let's start a band um, to like immediately maybe like 14, 15 years old of like we commit crimes now. Um, like the neighborhood had kind of like swallowed us up and some of my friends were like selling drugs and, and they're doing all this stuff. And then like once you find like like hip hop, I found gangster rap before I found hip hop, right? Like it mm -hmm. was like that shit that they were talking about other than like a lot of like the like the gun violence, everything else was like right in there as far as um shitty living situations, you know, dealing with junkies every day and um, your friends are selling drugs and, you know, you're stealing shit and getting in a fight or whatever, right? Like there was there was all of that stuff that was just kind of encompassing and like just like as like an art kid, I was like, oh, fuck, like, duh. You know what I mean? This is more punk rock. You know what I mean? I justified it for whatever reason because like I was so like tightly wound in these ideals of punk rock and then mm -hmm. all my friends switched everything and I was like, oh, fuck, like, I'll just put on a bigger shirt. And like do that and then like you really do kind of like fall in love with the culture and stuff like that but i would say like the phase that i went through was basically just like um trying to like find my like uh, like an identity or whatever and like mm -hmm. put a stamp on it um and uh yeah so i don't know it's not a phase mom but <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely like I, i'm so like without even because there's been like a few of those and even like um like f um when I started like playing basketball in high school, like in like the younger years and like I was like getting like positive responses and shit mm -hmm. like that, then like I just felt like, oh, if I'm like, if I'm getting like positive feedback from this, then all my energy needs to be like dived into it. And my entire identity needs to like right. be surrounded like by this thing. So at that point I was like, um, like this like punk rocker with like long black hair, but also I was like, you know, going kind of like in this like basketball direction. So I'd be like running up and down the court with mm -hmm. like my fucking stupid locks just like flying <laughs> everywhere. And uh, yeah, like, yeah, long black, you know, fucking hair death rock. Just, you know, super like yeah. AFI sad kid or whatever at that point. Like it was like, the hardcore had kind of left and yeah, we showed you that thing. So yeah, I'd say like any, any time that there's been a few transitional periods, but all yes. of them regrettable. <laughs> when I was in elementary school, again with Maddie, my friends Shelby and Danielle were also part of this, but me and Maddie got like really intense about it. We went through a phase for years. We were obsessed with cows. <laughs> I tell you, anyone who I went to elementary school with who sees this will be like, yeah. Or if I run into anyone from elementary school who I haven't seen for years, they're going to be like, they're always like, oh, you loved cows. Like we were so into cows. Like Where the, the fuck are you from that <laughs> that's like a viable thing for like childhood Man. like obsession or like, um, like. I don't know. I think it's because me. I mean, like. Did you like to like like work with cows no, or like just like the animal like we just loved cows is there dairy farms around the area yes. okay okay Many. uh yeah it's like farm so you're like straight like drawing there. cows oh um, yeah i think i've drawn a cow i i know like, you you yeah. have a little character that so i've seen used you draw to, yeah okay. we used to draw those all the time me and maddie fuck we were so into it we made like we in Out of context, Zook. those three words were great. Like, in uh in grade six, we got like militant about it. We in grade six, we created this cow school <laughs> and like recruited people in our class, and we would like. I don't know what the fuck we were doing in school. Sounds fascist. We had all this. We is. had all this time to run a secondary cow school out of the classroom, but we would write these tests that had such subjective questions, like "What is your favorite color? 
what is your favorite number? Like, what is your favorite sport? Like, what... Uh, Jackie, <laughs> by grade six, I had already been, like... I'd already, I was, like, almost a, on my way to, like, buying and smoking weed regularly. And I think I yeah. was just about to lose my virginity. Like, this mm-hmm. is fascinating that that's your grade six experience. And we, yeah, we ran this cow school and we, like, you know, marked I don't condone, tests. like, my way or your still, way. But somewhere right I, in the middle, you might find a regular human I being. I had this, like, whole binder for cow school that had people's tests. We had a lot of students. Jesus. <laughs> and we, you know, had the tests that we kept in there. And then we would rank the students. And, like, I still have this fucking binder. It's still in my room uh, on the island somewhere. And like me and Maddie had all these plans to we would always draw like a dairy farm. No, we were going to live in a cow house and we would I think this was like a creative thing because you ever want to like liberate the cow or like so like this is where like veganism came into. Well, it's funny because me and Maddie are both Maddie is no longer a vegan uh, because she has a family that she has to cook for and stuff Um, that doesn't respect her. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) i'm looking at you ty um (laughs) sorry bro but uh but yeah me and maddie both are are animal lovers and so i think that is sort of the root of it where we both like empathize with animals a lot but for whatever reason we clung onto cows and we used to spend in like grade four and five we would spend hours drawing out our future house that had like seven floors and like each floor was for like a different thing and we'd have all these detailed yeah. elaborate drawings about what this house would be and we would always call it the cow house and the cows would live in the house with, with us. What the fuck this are you talking such about an embarrassing I'm sorry. Of my <laughs> like, this is ridiculous I i'm sorry like, i don't mean to like discredit it i'm just saying that like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, this is just the tip of the iceberg. No, but it's, I won't it's, it's, go it's, too it's, far into the into the the cow weeds. I mean, but. Jesus <laughs> Christ! I it's it's interesting just because like um you're like 13 years old this time or whatever. So like like youth way younger. It started when we were like, six, like, uh, what, like 12, 13? grade six or 12. But it started when we were. I want to say it must have started grade four because we weren't in the same class in grade. Okay. Yeah, grade four. So we would have been like. We were in like nine when this started. Okay, cow school. No, cow school <laughs> didn't come until grade six. Oh, it evolved, but um, <laughs> fuck, I guarantee. Like it's a wild face. I'm just yeah. saying. Like I just don't even know. Like, I guarantee. If there is, did you ever see the South Park episode where Stan um, finds out where veal comes from? No. Oh my god! It's like a liberation. It's like a very uh, a, a a radical leftist um, mm-hmm. approach that he takes to. Um, out of veganism and then he finds out that everybody's full of shit it's a fantastic episode we'll get into it you'll meet him all right we should move on (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) fucking cow school yeah so (laughs) (laughs) i think it's because i like so i just need it i I think it was a creative outlet more than anything no i know i just think it's it's highlighted so well like the difference between like our just like upbringing (laughs) and shit like that or whatever it's like at that same time i'm like well my I don't know. My friends just don't want to like hang out and smoke weed anymore. Now we have to like. Yeah. You know what's funny actually? In grade six, like too, that. me and Maddie also went through a phase. Me and Maddie were the weirdest kids. We. Uh, I got my first in, assault church in, in, grade <laughs> in grade six. We also went through a phase for a couple months where every. <laughs> we had a. I'm not going to say who, but we had this crush on this guy that we grew up with who we went to elementary school with, and he was like the heartthrob. 
of but for us anyways and uh we like and like pegs on his bike (laughs) but anyways we went through this phase for a couple weeks or no a couple months like every day at school we would come dressed as something different so one day was like detective day one day was like tennis day one day was like pajama day and every day we would take on literally a new like persona and we would come up in our outfits every fucking day that is cool as fuck (laughs) like i'm into that with like headbands and wristbands just try and see like what this guy responded to And we would like take on. I remember Detective Day. I had this notepad I was carrying around the whole time, and we just start like interrogating people for non-existent crimes. <laughs> That's rad. Like but, I'm super into. I don't mean to. I didn't mean to shit all over. Yeah, because like the that that is cool. That is a pretty like creative. Outlet. We uh, yeah did, no. Did, we did were, you we try? Were... Um, did you try uh, butt naked? We did not. Oh, because like I uh, mean, we might have responded. I don't know. Did, yeah. did he ever respond? No, no, oh, no. Guy, but anyways, we're going to move on. So <laughs> so like I was saying, three years before this album came out was Goat's Head Soup. Yeah. And that is where it's, I guess the best way to say it, it's like sort of the beginning of the end of the Rolling Stones mm-hmm. as they were in their sure. prime. Yep. And it was sort of when the quality of their music started to decline and their like reputation and success um exceeded the quality of their music they started going rolling based on their on the stone popularity (laughs) versus like the quality of the music 100 percent. they could tour they don't even have to put albums on anymore yeah you know what i mean like at that point it was more just about their image fair enough yeah um but that was 1973 this album comes out in 1976 and the rolling stones Having We're, sex with the wife of the Prime Minister of Canada, <laughs> um, being jailed in Canada for um, mm-hmm. for for drug use. That's where the the, where the faraway eyes. Cool story. We'll talk about that another sure. time. But um, like the Rolling Stones, they're the fucking Rolling Stones. You know what sure. I mean? Sure. But the rest of that sentence was going to be. Oh, I don't. The, ro- <laughs> the Rolling Stones. They were like about to go on tour before COVID hit. So they're so they're still going, even though most people would agree that they kind of lost it around 1973. My brother's with the Rolling Stones and a couple years ago said it was great. Or, I well, I still love oh, no, I would shit. still I fucking can't remember. see them. I'm not going to say. He might have said it was the worst fucking show he's ever been to. I know that uh, he's very fond of ACDC. Shit. Yeah, I'm not going to speak out of turn. I would still I, fucking might, love to see them. I, sure. I think they're great, but I think that like in our like culture right now, we're obsessed with this idea of like longevity. Yeah. And it's like the ultimate marker of what makes something great. Like sure. if you do for something for a long time, whether it, it's a band or a TV show, yeah. that it means you're successful if you do it forever. Uh, but we so often like see see bands or TV shows or whatever it may be go past their prime yeah and so i guess i don't really know how to word the question but why do you think that we're so like obsessed with wanting things to last forever even when it so clearly goes past the the prime and the quality declines i think that you hold on to the glory days so much Mm -hmm. right like um being a fan of um of like a particular style of music and kind of like basing your fucking like i don't know personality instead of ideals after and whatnot like once you kind of establish that and then a band that you love like um uh 
like bad religion goes and makes stranger than fiction or like um and then the new america and stuff and you can kind of see like where the fuck are they going even now like a more recent reference like i just said the men singers the flatliners same thing like um they're this started off as like a hardcore kind of ska band and you're like this is something so different than i've ever heard before that now they're doing like tragically hip covers and like definitely going in, off in that direction you know what i mean and, and uh, good for them tragically hip covers that you didn't know were tragically hip covers had by century yeah no, i knew it I think I'm pretty sure I did. I can't remember. I don't know. We were, we were getting into it, but I'm pretty sure I fucking told you sure. the guys that that was the reason I'm putting the song on. But anyway, we don't need I'm to argue on the sure podcast, I had Jax. shown you the... the uh, yeah, never mind. Yeah, yeah no, mind. it's off the album Division of Spoils. <laughs> any, anyway. But I had shown you this... Th never mind. Are we going to get into it right no. now? No, no. So, <laughs> God damn it, Jackie, please let me get through this thought. No. <laughs> what, um, the... What you want is that um, is you want that that moment where you found something and it feels like yours or you were like a part of something mm -hmm. to um, to give you like another um, example like when you find that um, like that piece of music and that community behind it or whatever like this is like our thing right mm -hmm. so when that band starts to go in a different direction you're like what, what the fuck right they're just drifting off and and we're just like kind of left behind you either you kind of go with them but like if your ideals are like kind of held there you don't same thing kind of happens in sports like. Um, uh, growing up as like a big Kobe Bryant fan and like so I'm like six years old 1996 right Stone Cold Steve Austin is just broken through by the way go watch the a &E documentary on Stone Cold Steve Austin it might be one of the fan best piece of filmmaking I've ever seen in my entire life oh you where did you watch I just watched it? it last night with my dad my brother oh, nice, and I have fucking nice. goosebumps the whole time it was <laughs> sick um at the same time, Michael Jordan is also like, uh, thanks. So like, that's my childhood, right? Mm -hmm. OJ Simpson, Michael Jordan, Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was like what I remember from my childhood. Mm -hmm. And it was the coolest time ever to be alive, right? Larger than life, you know? <laughs> Every star in the world mm -hmm. is just competing at the highest level yeah. and stabbing, allegedly, their wives. You know what I mean? Which yeah. is like, what a time to be alive. Right. So I right mean. there, like, I mean, yeah, you heard it here first, folks. So when you, I was like so into that, but at the same time too, like I knew that that Bulls team wasn't my team. Do you know what I mean? Because I was like just getting, it got me into sports, definitely. Um, but there was this like, young rising star out in the West with an Afro and number eight and his name was Kobe fucking Bryant. Mm -hmm. And so for like my youth, I knew that like all the older people in my family were like, Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. You know, and some older, but I grew up in like a white neighborhood. So they're all like, no, but Larry Bird though. Yeah. You're like, fuck Larry Bird. <laughs> for real <laughs> yeah so um then but like now kobe is here right and it's a different generation it's a different era and it's exciting to watch and then shaq goes on to the team right so now you have kobe and shaq and like if you i mean not being a basketball fan i don't want to bore you with the details here or whatever but it's the same thing like they win multiple championships together and now like i still have a chicago bulls you know um hoop here on my mm -hmm. thing it's been there since 1996 but that yeah. doesn't mean like that's just out of respect for michael jordan what he did you know, to introduce me to a sport or in, and all of that. Kobe Bryant is the reason that, like, I'm a basketball fan. Is the reason that I played it and and all of that. It made it so exciting to watch, right? So when some kind of shit goes weird in the early days and stuff like that, he gets like Shaq off the team. He could have played with Karl Malone, and he, he kind of he was one of the first sports players that I remember like dictating the structure of the team and like the right. organization around it. Yeah. And uh, he caught a lot of flack because, and you know, as fans were all like, "What the fuck are you doing?" You know what I mean? Like, keep the the thing together right like if you're not able to compete at that high level then fix the fucking problem and i think the same thing will go with music is like mm -hmm. you guys already know like how to gel but if it's time to if it's time to depart then like the people who aren't a part of that thing yeah. like i'm not in the band right so i have no say yeah. in where they go 
musically. I'm not on the team. Yeah. I have no say in what they decide to do, like going into the future or whatever, right? But I'm a part of, you know, the thing that makes it possible for these things to function, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And uh, you do feel like a little bit let down. And, you know, I mean, in that sense, like, for, change, so regardless yeah. of what it is, this is weird human emotion of, like, fucking jealousy and, like, don't take my ball away <laughs> kind of thing. You yeah. Because this is my ball and I like it. Yeah. Right? But you don't know that, like, oh, like, if you got, like, a volleyball, then it'd be kind of fun, too. Or if you got, like, a soccer ball, then it's, like, it's not the same thing, but it's, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a stupid analogy, but, you know, you can, you'll learn to, you know, I think as you get older, you go, like, ah, fuck. Oh, I shouldn't, yeah. shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been such a dick about that black and blue record, but I'm still dealing with that now, as you can tell. Yeah. Sometimes I still fly off the handle. <laughs> but I'm passionate about things, right? So also same. people are just passionate, right? And you want the thing that you really like to stay the same. You know, mm-hmm. and like in a situation like um like I mentioned the Lawrence Arms earlier, that band gets progressively better. Mm-hmm. You listen to ghost stories and you know, um greatest story ever told, they're like kind of dog shit compared to like oh Kakata Metropole. If you listen to Aesop Rock, it's completely different on the hip hop side. So abstract and so weird at the beginning. And now I think that that artist is con- continues to get better because he takes chances, right? So mm-hmm. had I been a fan of their earlier stuff, I might not enjoy the direction that they're going in. So I don't know. Yeah, I think um, I think it's just, it stems from like, we obviously as humans are adverse to change. And I think we're so afraid of things ending yeah. that we're okay with things going on past what they should be because it makes me like it makes me feel better to know that the rolling stones are still kicking it like there's this line um in almost famous where jimmy fallon's character he comes in as like the new manager of the band and he's sort of trying to like revamp their image and saying that like you've got to you got to milk your your youth and what you have now for all it is. He's like, because you think the Rolling Stones are still going to be up there dancing when they're in their 60s and stuff? Big <laughs> Shaggers the, still doing yeah, that fucking and that's fucking shake. what's happening. Yeah. And it's and it's it's a funny line in the movie because you watch I, it and you're like, ha I wonder if Mick but, saw that and he was like, guys, we're going to do this until I'm 65. Fuck that yeah. guy. <laughs> well, well, I mean, like, and that movie came out yeah. in like 2000. So it was already it was already a joke then yeah. because it was like, they're still, they're still going and that mm. movie is... Is, is based in the 70s That's but now it's like 21 years later and they're still going and on one hand it's like yeah if they had stopped after uh uh <laughs> after exile on main street that i mean they would have gone out on top but then they wouldn't be the rolling stones because part of what the stone has lore. to keep rolling this, to, yeah they I, wouldn't I, I, be okay. rolling I, I under, yeah they would be fucking yeah <laughs> but that, it's also the, it's the part rolling of, stone that stopped yeah even though they obviously are past their prime but they're yeah. still but they're still well, oh, they're still shit. kicking it sort of makes you feel better now that you well, could you see need to, the, you, the you stones, always need you to could. like equate for nostalgia right mm-hmm. so like with the rolling stones like um anything that's coming out now you're marketing to like you know 20 five to 35 year old men because they spend their money on retarded shit yeah and not to use the r word lightly i'm sorry but i don't give a fuck it's just yeah whatever like it's the money that i spend yeah is dumb on 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 things like uh, to to somebody else's yeah um, right but i am like nostalgia can be marketed to me Right, and that's why you see like video game consoles yeah. coming back, and like Nintendo's, you know, what I mean, so. Uh, but I think you kind of like re- you can repackage your shit and sell it back to somebody like a year uh, years later, and it doesn't seem disingenuous or anything because like you want people want to feel that nostalgia, right? So yeah. I think that's why the Rolling Stones, that's why Paul McCartney, any of these people can still hit a stage and sell out a fucking arena because. But there I are think, people uh, that, you know, w- like see again, that shit. like not so much on the like 
you know, money making side of it. But I think, again, the reason why you can do that is that it all goes back to people wanting things to last forever mm. and you hold on to things because you know life is changing and fleeting and yeah. you know shit ends and they're all gonna die baby you're surrounded by loss at all times and we're mm-hmm. terrified of that and so if you have like the the rolling stones or that's why i've been to alice cooper every time he comes through town because like i fucking love that and i will go see like honestly never but i mean down. like in terms but, of something like, that you can hold on to you're like oh well at least you know, like yeah. whoever, like you know, my whoever, these, this pe- this person that I grew up with, say, like they they just died or whatever. But I, oh, but yeah. at least you know there are still these things that we can hold on mm-hmm. to these comforts. So you're like, well, yeah. at least they're still kicking. Well, totally right. And yeah. yeah, I remember like um like celebrity deaths or whatever, right? Um, th- like everybody dies, right? So it's 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 a bummer to hear about, but like when somebody goes like kind of like before their time i think like that's the tragedy and that's like a part of that thing that you still want to hold right is knowing that you know what i mean hey that's a thing that you know mm-hmm. i love and i love support i was bernie mac when bernie mac fucking died i yeah. was like uh like actually like really upset right yeah. because um that dude went through so much and then finally when, by the time he finally got the bernie mac show i didn't even think like he enjoyed doing it and what yeah. like i just wanted that guy just to like to, to have all the sex to, to the sex have all the success <laughs> have all the sex that he bernie wanted. mac had all the time i'm big boned if you know what I mean. <laughs> the funniest motherfucker alive right yeah, but like he deserved totally. all the success that he had so get like your sitcom money and shit like that but you think like um i would be totally cool with him going on like a george carlin run and just going like you know what i mean as yeah. as, as long as he could and then you know, even George Carlin died in his fucking hotel room in between shows, right? So yeah. it's, it's it's whatever. I, um, you know, you, you you if you like shit, you hold on to it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the thing. So and then um, and then how much you like that, kind of like you, for whatever reason, like humans just kind of like um, kind of take ownership of something mm-hmm. at some point, right? So like it does feel like a betrayal when it leaves or or maybe like goes in a different direction that you were expecting or something like that right? yeah well even like it's funny like uh like the chili peppers are a band that that i love and we'll do uh an album of theirs soon mm-hmm. but uh they recently had um a change in their lineup where they where John Frusciante has come back into the band and so Josh is no longer in the band and as someone who loves loves the chili peppers so much and who is so i'm so attached to that lineup of uh anthony chad flea and and john because i think that other than you know their original lineup with with hillel um i think that that four piece i think that is the band and when john left it it made sense but they found a new sound with Josh and they grew yeah. and they became yeah. something different. It was great. But still, when John came back, you could tell it's the group. I right? was like, oh, this yeah. is the best. Like, even though yeah. it's it's sad because they had they'd grown and they created this new thing with Josh. And I love Josh. Yeah. It was still like, oh, it's back to how it is back to normal type thing i, I know guess back, yeah. there's um uh, pennywise the band that uh you know was hugely influential in my in my early i think i saw them when i was like 13 screwing fuck authority on the stage or something mm-hmm. i was like that's my shit um as they went on and progressed i think in like 2000 and i don't know 14 or something like that mm-hmm. jim leaves the band and that's when the lead singer leaves the band yeah right so that means you're fucking done 
like i don't care who you are but that band somehow managed to find somebody in a different band um i can't remember the guy's name but he's from ignite and has a great voice um and so they're gonna put out another album right like pennywise is coming out with a new album with a different singer and i'm like fuck off like mm-hmm. it's not the same band to call it a different band but then you realize that oh no that band is still the same band this is mm-hmm. so very clearly a pennywise album and shit like yeah. that and like the and the singer's doing everything that he could you know what i mean to kind of gym it up a little bit like it's definitely different from ignite and stuff like that that um i got it and i mean not my favorite i mean kind of by then too um i think like my taste in music kind of like evolves a little bit or like the soundscapes even like within punk rock that mm-hmm. like i will i'll love to put on a pennywise record but like if i'm there the new stuff i'm not really like waiting for anything to blow my doors off they prove time and time again that they're gonna kind of stick to what they do and 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 go through and make make fast kind of punk record or whatever mm-hmm. right not saying they haven't done great stuff in between there from the ashes there's been some there's been, um, definitely some good some good shit in there but to to have the balls of kind of you know do a new record with the singer yeah. new singer same logo everything and um they played a show. I went and saw their show and I was like, this is fucking lo- like, okay. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like MF doom kind of sending somebody else there to perform in, yeah. the, in the mask or whatever. Um, a little bit more successful, I think than doom did <laughs> with, yeah. with that, with that whole thing. But, yeah. um, but then you're right. Like coming back, maybe like two years later or something, um, Jim comes back to the band and the same thing, like you're saying with this, um, with this Frigente character, this mysterious, unknown band of the red hot chili peppers i don't <laughs> i see what like I, the way yeah. that like i the red hot chili peppers kept putting out music and i didn't notice mm-hmm. um but i know exactly what you're feeling because like a band that i you like just a get lot attached to something fuck yeah that's yeah. your thing and, and and any kind of like unfamiliarity kind of little like breed like a little contempt in my heart be like hey wait a minute yeah i mean like we're are you fucking with the thing to, that i like to yeah. change even sure. though it's constant sure. and like the only thing that's guaranteed is that things are going to keep changing you're going to lose lose things Fuck, that you we go from to... bigfoot to here this is a wild yeah. show uh, <laughs> but uh okay to circle to so my last question all right so to sort of round it out here um so this album as i said it came, came out in 1976 so at that time and sort of uh touching on what we were talking about earlier if you're finding new music at at that time, especially, you're just, you know, going to record stores. And if a band you love releases a new record, you buy that record. And then you t- take home this, this record, oh, which fuck. looks fucking awesome. And you play it and you get whatever this was. And you're like, what the fuck? And uh, <laughs> you're like, why the fuck did I spend my money on this thing? Um, and so my, says the, says the gal that spent the money on the actual record, which is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, to, so that's, uh, goes to my question is that what have you spent money on that you not necessarily regret, but just like it was stupid. <laughs> oh jackie in a lifetime of of bad decisions and regrets you asked me to nail down one um to touch on what you just said outcast like defines it perfectly mm-hmm. i think um is it on equemini or um italians i can't remember but uh you know, you go into a, <laughs> into a record store asking for that new outcast and they're no no but you got just 
people just trying to pump bullshit on you, right? Mm -hmm. Pimp trick, gangster click. If you know, you know. Anyway, I've made some very poor financial decisions mm -hmm. in my life. Um, and one that comes to mind is it's my first time in Vegas, right? So my mom and her best friend, um, who I call my auntie, she takes me and uh, my brother down with her sons, right? So my mom brings me and my brother down. My auntie, um, right? Yeah, my auntie brings down her her two sons, right? And we're all kind of like the same age, mm -hmm. and we've all been best friends for like, you know, our entire lives. Mm -hmm. More so like um, the the younger brothers and the older brothers. Yeah. Right. So the younger brother Dan is he was in my delivery room when I was born. Love you. And Dan's older brother Darren and my older brother are best friends to this day as well, but the personalities are kind of like different in the in the friendship dynamics there mm -hmm. so there's always been a time where my brother's a little bit more chill and dan is also a little bit more chill so like they'll kind of link up and hang out and in vegas when me and my friend darren got together oh my god darren's married and has uh, okay so i can't go into the um into like the yeah. into the, the full details of this yes, story yes but let me just say that i was 21 years old it was my first trip to vegas and uh, Capital One had just given me a credit card mm -hmm. for $3,000 because they're an irresponsible company. Yes. Right? So I go there and, uh, you know, fucking tattoos and drinks and, you know, crazy. I'm not a big gambler. So I didn't lose any money at the tables. Like, mm -hmm. I just spent money spent on ridiculous me. shit, right? Yes. So much so to the point that I think at like 3.30 in the morning... I'm on the phone with Capital One trying to up the limit on my credit card. Oh, my God. And they're like, totally. Like, you've been paying the bills and everything like that. Because, <laughs> like, so I'm not going to stress this. Like, Capital One is a fucking irresponsible yeah, company. You've been answering a call at 3.30 a.m. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For no, someone sure. being like, uh, I think you got to bump up that limit. Yes. Yeah, so with Capital One um, MasterCard, right? Yeah. And they're going like, well, they, we think your card is stolen because there's been a lot of activity in Vegas all of a sudden. I'm like, no, no, no. It's me. Trust yeah. me. I'm here. <laughs> So give um, me more. I'm outside of the Sapphire. Um, <laughs> it's definitely not a bar and grill. I don't even know what you would describe this place. It's like a fucking coliseum of debauchery. Yeah. There's like three floors. And like, that's the way that they describe it. It's like three floors, like 300 women on the floor at all times and stuff like that. And it's an absolute shit show. Right wow. now. Like I don't like frequent those kind of establishments. But when you're like, uh, when you're a kid and you're 21, I mean, all Everything goes out the window. So yes. I'm outside the this place asking MasterCard to up my limit. And they're going, okay, cool. Like, can you just give us some, um, you know, we just need to confirm that this is you. Can you just tell us like the last three transactions that were attempted on your card? And I said, yeah, I'm trying to pull $300 out of a strip club ATM in Vegas right now. <laughs> so the last three transactions are my card getting declined. So let's <laughs> up this fucking limit. Yeah. <laughs> And I remember saying that and being like, that's like the most regrettable sentence that I've ever <laughs> said in my entire life. <laughs> I've learned a lot of lessons of, you know, since then, but oh my fucking God. So that night went on mm -hmm. um, way, way too long because uh, they upped my limit. And my man Darren over there is, is having a similar phone conversation to Visa. <laughs> and they upped his limit too oh my god <laughs> and we just had this moment of like mutual like disrespect in our eyes like this is gonna be a bad decision and we high-fived and went back in there <laughs> and the 
unless I get permission, yeah, <laughs> then yeah, I'm yeah. never going to be able to tell the rest of those stories. That's fair. Just because of, um, you know, nothing, you know, nothing, <coughs> yes, like, you know, yeah. too crazy or nothing legal or anything like that. But um, that's that that's a man with a, you know, with with a family yeah, that I don't, don't, I don't I'm not going to put him under the bus like that. But yeah. holy fuck. Not only do I regret that, I've been like actively avoiding paying that because fuck you, you can't. I was I was just a kid, right? I was a different person at that time, and you're an irresponsible company for doing that. So like, shit, I don't know. <laughs> so you still haven't paid? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I feel like. Oh, so yeah, that may not even be a good question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still on the hook for it, but yeah, like I haven't paid it. Yet. He didn't technically pay for it. <laughs> story of my life yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like i've never made like a big uh, a big purchase that i regret but i make a lot of small dumb purchases sure. especially yeah. like online shopping i'll just order shit and then it arrives i'm like what the fuck like the other a couple months back i get this package at my door and i open it up and it's the packaging is uh, designed to look like uh, it's sent from Blockbuster. Like it has like a Blockbuster sticker and I open up the box and there's like what looks like uh, like film, like celluloid in it. I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I go I through the, this. Go so, through the yeah. celluloid and there's a VHS tape with, the, with grease. It's a grease VHS tape. And I'm like, what the fuck did I did I order a fucking Grease VHS? You ordered tape? Grease on VHS in 2021. But okay, but that was my thought. I was like, what the fuck? First of all, I have this on VHS. <laughs> Second of all, I have this on DVD. Third of all, I have this on Blu-ray. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck yeah. Okay. And so I was like, what the fuck did I order? So I take it out of the box and I see a cord attached to it. So I plug it in. And it's a fucking, the inside of it is a lamp. And it's a, you can, it comes with a remote that it has like 15 colors you can choose from. And you can put it on a mode that like shifts from color to color. And so now on my nightstand, I have a grease VHS lamp that changes colors. (laughs) And you're going to sit there and fucking tell me that nostalgia can't be fucking packaged and sold back to us. Oh, sorry. I didn't know. But the, that, 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 that staples like that, that, that buttons this whole fucking thing up together personally. Yes. Perfectly because anytime, anybody else's nostalgia is capitalized on i'm like look at these fucking idiots over here but then you can take like the descendants everything sucks and like repackage it with like a different color vinyl and i'm Mm -hmm. like ooh, yeah yeah i already own that album yeah (laughs) on multiple (laughs) like um like digitally um physically on cd and physically on record Mm -hmm. but when there's like a you know like a cool orange vinyl release coming out then i actually do think about it and then i have to go wait a minute you've already bought this album you already know it you mm-hmm. tattooed the fucking the, the thing on your fucking leg like an idiot like you you got enough like you yeah. you're good you know what i mean but like you could still you could still get me you can yeah. still fucking get me. Man, if, well, uh, this this thing is on my nightstand now, and I turn it on every a, night. If, if, if it the, is my lamp in my room now. <laughs> if they made a fucking, if they made a lamp that was like a 12-inch record yeah. that had Milo, um, the Descendants logo, reading like the yeah. Everything Sucks album cover, yeah. if that was a lamp, yeah. 
it would be doing the lighting for this show right now. Yeah, it's hilarious because if you when you walk into my room, it looks like I just have displayed on my nightstand yeah. the grease VHS tape. It's like, and then that, I'm like, oh wait, and I take out the remote, and the remote doesn't work that well, so I have to press the fucking button like five times, and then it shines, and then I always turn it to red because it's like a less like. It, it makes it it's a cool vibe in the room if it's like a red light. You know, it's like, like, well, yeah, no, like a red, a dark yeah. room with red light is like signifies sex. So like if yeah. somebody's walking into the room and they're already like, this is a little bit weird with the VHS thing. I'm like, don't but worry now about it. that VHS tape is just going to admit the mood of sex in the room too, which is like super weird. Yeah. It's super weird. <laughs> I think it's fucking cool. It's yeah. funny as hell. But. Yeah, it's my, I, I, yeah, I use it every, every night. <laughs> anyway. To read. I, yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, any, uh, yeah, any final thoughts on the record? Final thoughts on the record is that it's a pile of shit, but I do, it does have like some endearing qualities because like, like I was saying, like, um, I was listening to it today at work and not already not enjoying it we had a fun listen through Mm -hmm. together the first time and then i'm just to to do the diligence for the show right i'm gonna listen to it a couple more times so i was kind of singing like uh oh i forget the i forget the rhythm to it again now because we've been we've been talking but uh uh, like negrita show me your balls or whatever like i've been kind of singing that all day and i yeah so there 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 definitely are some redeeming qualities here and i'm not gonna say like it's not the worst record i've ever heard and like the second song for for a band that's so Mm -hmm. highly decorated you know what i mean to come and 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 put this effort forward so late into their career it's almost understandable um but like i have no skin in the game so it didn't let me down it was just fun to Mm -hmm. be able to tell you that the rolling stones sucked for a couple like you know i mean whatever right like it was just it was was a fun time for me to, to have some fun with so um yes to this episode no to this record again <laughs> yeah well and we'll get into a better rolling stone song sure later but uh yeah no i feel good about the episode i feel like i was a bitch for a minute there and i feel bad about it you feel like <laughs> you're a bitch? Yeah. no because like i brought it out of you because yeah. i was being a little antagonistic which was fun and i noticed like i thought like maybe i should tone this down but nah <laughs> fuck that it was it's fun right? it's, it's fun to... no i've been th- i've i've felt bad about it for like oh. half an hour now. oh i don't know i didn't i didn't feel any heat i've also no. just been like i worked all day and i've been kind of having beer so i don't really give a shit but yeah um we're cool I, we're still gonna be friends after Oh, of course. Okay, of cool. Course. Then the show's still going to go yeah. on. We're, we're fine. Um, one thing that I do want to say, do uh, before we get out of here, is um, support your friends. Um, a good friend of mine that I grew up with, a guy named Dustin Gilchrist, um, him, along with some other people that um, Jake Schimmel and Wyatt Angerelli, um, some people that I'm uh, friendly with for a long time. Dustin and me didn't grow up together, but he was in one town over, mm-hmm. and I've known him since I was... I mean, just a very young kid, and I've never met anybody that's been so um, just consistently cool. You know what I mean? For his, mm-hmm. for an entire time that I've known this person, I'm from a town where somebody's going to let you down eventually. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, okay. yes. It wasn't the case with this guy. And um, him and with those other dudes that I mentioned, they um, started a clothing brand that um, if you notice why I'm not wearing a black T-shirt today, that's because uh, we got it. We got you know, we put a thing, let's support our friends. Um, know Your Roots is a clothing company, kyrsupply.com, I believe. Go there, yeah. get some shit. They're great people that actually awesome. give a shit about what they're doing. And yeah. um, this is very... We, uh, well, we ordered these last Saturday. So they got, and they got here today. 
I didn't so, know they were here until we just became. Like, I didn't until know, you showed up to film the episode and yeah. you had the box in your hand. So I'm stoked. I didn't know until I was leaving my place to, really? to come here. And I was like, oh shit, that's perfect. Right before the episode. So it took came. Uh, less. So happy. Uh, yeah, so it's Friday now. So it took six days to get here. These are great quality. They're so soft. I mean, yeah. I get nervous so. sometimes ordering online because you don't want that like tough, uh, like crispy. Shirt. Yes. Yeah. But these are soft. They're American apparel. I've been wearing nothing but punk rock t-shirts yeah. for like 20 fucking years. And they all like some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Yeah. This one is like, ah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to wear it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I'm very excited about it. And this one is just, uh, awesome. if you're from my neck of the woods too, and you see like Trail, Ross, and Castlegar on this thing, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool, and I like All it. All right. Well, so, thank KYR you. So, KYR Supply, thank yeah. you very much to thank Dusty you. Gilchrist and everybody at Know Your Roots. Yeah, these are awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone who's watching. If you're watching and if you like the podcast, maybe share it. Uh, we would love for you to share it in your stories on Instagram or wherever. Give us a little free advertising. Fucking helps. That would be, Does. yeah, we would love that. Um, yeah, that's about all I have to say. Other than that, yeah. fuck this record and let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs>